Hi, and welcome back to the show. Today we have Sangeeta Bhatnagar joining us. She is dialing in from Toronto in Canada, and she is representing GTAC, which is the Greater Toronto Area Contact Centre Association. Now, it is referring to Greater Toronto Area, but actually they do now cover. They've evolved. They've been going since 2005 and have evolved to cover uh, all of Canada, or largely, and also parts of North America. They are an association for the call center industry and also a think tank. So I'm on a bit of a mission to connect with outsourcing associations across the globe to see what they have to offer, to see how they see things differently, and to, to kind of see, check out their value proposition for the industry and the clients. So this is a bit of a mission I'm on at the moment, and hopefully you are finding this valuable. It was a really good conversation with Sangeeta. Uh, she is also the principal of SP Global Human Capital Solutions, which is effectively a, a recruitment and HR advisory practice specializing in the contact center uh, industry. Sangeeta is basically, you know, she spent her life in the contact center industry, uh, and she is very passionate about the industry, which you hear from her conversation. And also at the end, she mentions, you know, that she's effectively completely uh, thrilled with the industry and her career in it. So uh, it's great to get her perspectives on things and also, of course, check in with Canada and see what's happening there with the contact center industry and outsourcing and offshoring and nearshoring, all of that kind of stuff. As always, if you want any of the show notes, go to outsourceaccelerator.com slash podcast. Enjoy. This podcast is brought to you by Outsource Accelerator. We are the world's leading outsourcing marketplace and advisory. We help big and small businesses with their outsourcing needs, and we can help you too. We cover everything from offshore business and staffing strategy optimal outsourcing structures, implementations, and fully managed services. If you are already outsourcing, about to start, or are somewhere in between, then we can ensure that you get the best from outsourcing. That's the best prices, best terms, and of course, the best results from your offshore operations. The Outsource Accelerator Marketplace now covers over three thousand outsourcing firms representing a global workforce of over five million people. We also host this leading outsourcing podcast, publish inside outsourcing, and have over 15,000 pages of content on the site. Because we span the entire market, we can ensure that you get the best deal possible. Get in touch today. Visit us at outsourceaccelerator.com slash quote. Also, if you find this podcast interesting or valuable, please share it. We have now produced hundreds of episodes featuring the outsourcing world's most prominent luminaries. Please show your support by sharing this podcast today. Hi, and welcome back. So today, I'm joined by Sangeeta. How are you today, Sangeeta? 
I'm good. Good morning, Derek. I'm good. How are you? Fantastic. And it's morning where you are. It's almost evening where I am. Oh, uh, sorry. Tell us, <laughs> no, no, perfect, perfect. It's it's um it's a sign of the times, isn't it? I, I think it's very rare now that people are actually in the same time zone. It's uh, indicative of the globalized world that we're in. So, Sankita, introduce yourself. Maybe we are um, talking to contact center associations around the world. I'm starting to do a bit of a sort of global trip across, well, with Zoom, uh, talking to various outsourcing associations, contact center associations, and trying to sort of compare and contrast and and, uh, see what all of these different outsourcing and contact center destinations have to offer. So I suppose initially, if you don't mind, just give people a bit of a background into GTAC. Oh, sure. So GTAC, we've, thank you, we've been around since 2005 and just very grassroots, started with two people, then four, then it just grew. Um, And we are totally volunteer run and uh, growing by industry support. So we have top tiered sponsors, um, all the major players in the industry and contact center space. And we run like a total tight-knit community, the think tank. And even though we are called GTAC, we're not just GTA or Toronto specific. We do have people attending our sessions or participating from coast to coast in Canada and some even from the U.S. And our sponsors are global in nature. I'm very grateful for that. Uh, And we have a big culture of giving back sharing leading edge ideas and thoughts and um, helping their industry grow. And so it's a really wonderful community to be part of. And and I think people are very proud to be part of it because the give back to the community and and different charities is a huge part of how we run um, and how our core belief is of giving back to the community. And it it started, I suppose um, it was, it's called the Greater Toronto Area Contact Centre Association. Why Greater Toronto? Is that because where you are or is there a, a concentration of contact centres in Toronto for some reason? So years ago, yeah, I'm in Toronto. Years ago, there was it was so many contact centres in Toronto. And now also the east coast of Canada, they have a wonderful contact centre uh, community. They're amazing in the east coast. Um, but yeah, this is how it just started, and then the name stuck. <laughs> and so, but we do have people coast to coast. With uh, Canada, then has has it really been the first kind of nearshoring? Is was the contact centre industry in Canada born from supporting U.S. industry necessarily, or, or is it also domestic industry? It would be both. But yeah, I remember years ago it would be supporting uh, U.S. companies. And then also Canadian companies outsource as well. Uh, and they like it near shore. They can pop, you know, onshore. They can go pop in anytime. They're just a, the outsources are an extension of the company, whether it be contingency planning or um, overnight shifts, whatever, or overflow or language requirements. So local companies outsource to, they find vendor partners right here. Got it. And I suppose it's it's not necessarily always a cost thing. It's also because you specialize in certain activities, whether it's customer service or 
multi-language or omni-channel, it, it's becoming a very specialist industry and skill set in its own right, isn't it? Definitely. And I know a lot of times our work from the U.S. happens, or global work, is because we do have the multiple languages here in GTA, because it's very, very multicultural. So it's not hard to find a specific language. You'll always be able to find somebody. Uh, and so because of our diversity, it's a big uh, attraction to open up contact centers in this area. Yeah, you know, actually, I, we obviously get a lot of inquiries for outsourcing and increasingly there's inquiries for multi-language, you know, whether it's uh, a lot of Hispanic, obviously, but also, you know, multiple, multiple languages. And the Philippines, actually, you know, it has incredible strengths in a lot of things, but it does, it is not strong in languages outside of English. Like, it's not really a very multicultural country and as a result if you want anything other than english you actually have to pay a pretty significant premium so it's it's funny whereas you know more of the the kind of the westernized countries i suppose there's now so much more multiculturalism in those societies isn't it yeah absolutely and and i see that regularly like uh someone might say i want english and like a very unique language. It could be like Mongolian. And yeah. I actually had that a couple of years ago. I'm like, what? And and we were able to search and find and solve the problem. And it was this, actually one one company here said, oh, I need six um, Belgian speakers. So we're like, okay. And, and we were able to find that, not a problem. Yeah, because there's a lot of like the bigger, bigger, bigger companies like the government agencies and health agencies and maybe insurance and I suppose finance and stuff, they probably have an obligation to serve multiple languages, don't they, and minorities. And, um, yes, they do. You know, they actually need properly access to Mongolian. Even if even if they don't get many calls, they, they kind of need that function on hand. Yeah, they do. And companies now want to create better customer experiences. They want to be more uh, personalized, so they really try to have, um, you know, bilingual, trilingual associates handling the phone. Like many times, you'll get a request for English, French, Spanish, or English, Mandarin, Cantonese. A very common request. Mm -hmm. And so, if you were in the kind of elevator pitch of Canada. <laughs> Um, what, how would you sort of paint the contact centre industry of Canada? Is it, is, it, is it big? Is it small? Is it growing? Is it contracting? How would you kind of paint the picture for the industry? So I would say now in this climate, 2021 going to 22, we are evolving. We, there's a lot of companies, so they could be in Canada, and then they're opening up, uh, they could be based in Canada, but they have centers all over the world, smaller ones, to fulfill time requirements, language requirements. But I feel we're stronger and growing. Because I saw, you know, many years ago when everything was sent over to Philippines and India. But then it slowly came back. The more complex calls, they came back because it was impacting the customer experience. So the top tiered companies know where to put certain tasks 
and to ensure you know proper flow and and really to make sure that the customer experience is good. So yeah, I can see us growing and evolving, um, and I'm really excited to be part of it to see the change happen with like right in front of me. It's pretty cool. And is the industry largely contact center, customer service, client success kind of stuff? In the Philippines and developing nations, I think it's moving more towards a broader sort of staff augmentation because it's kind of the, the salary uh, arbitrage. Whereas in maybe Canada, it's more specialized to call centers and sort of doing a specific uh, highly repetitive function. Would that be fair? I wouldn't say highly repetitive. Uh, so our customer service, because of technology and because of outsourcing, uh, um, maybe the easier roles and having AI do uh, the easier tasks, uh, the agents are left doing more complex tasks. So when we recruit, we do look for stronger listening skills, stronger problem solving uh, because the contact centers in Canada are preparing for the future. And when you're thinking omni-channel, when you're thinking um, what customers expect, the contact centers are also recruiting and training for those increased expectations. So it's, I wouldn't say it's like uh, very so junior that um, it's just repetitive. There, There is, you know, some... Co- quite a bit of cognitive uh, variation required now. Got it. And I want to talk about the future, where it's all going, maybe remote work and all these things, but let's talk about the past first and, you know, what has changed over the last couple of years. Obviously, we've had COVID. We've had an incredibly turbulent last couple of years for every industry. Um, How has that impacted your industry and what changes have you seen? Oh, my goodness. Yeah, so... Up until COVID, (laughs) like imagine you're running a contact center and you have to get anywhere from 50 agents to 5,000 agents home. So I know I was speaking with so many leaders. It was done so well because of everybody rolling up their sleeves and getting the agents home, ensuring the technology was right. So now that it's been proven, I'm sure you're seeing this around the world. Now that it's been proven that, huh, NPS wasn't impacted. Huh, engagement is higher. Oh, wow, we're able to hire outside of our region. Oh, we're reducing commute time. So now a lot of companies are either staying fully remote or they're hybrid. And then there's a handful that would be fully on site again. Um, But we're seeing that hybrid is very popular. And uh, I'm interested to see how it goes. But, you know, now the uh, communication and that relationship building, it's very intentional because we're not seeing our agents on the floor. So since when everybody went home, then, you know, some companies even in a layer of senior associates to stay connected with all the remote agents to make sure there's um, strong communication, that feeling of belonging. There's one really great outsourcer here, Contact Point 360. 
So they're based here in the GTA, but they also have centers around the world. But they were able to execute perfectly to get all the agents globally home. But the way they did it is they were very intentional on keeping those relationships and ensuring that everybody felt part of the community and um, the, their work community and building that environment of trust. And I think so when they're remote, you have to be very mindful of uh, building those relationships to keep your attrition under control and make sure your employees are totally engaged. In the US, from what I understand, there are actually call center operations that have always been kind of home-based and even sort of part-time work and they would give yeah. work to, you know, home-based whatever, parents and things like that. And, you know, even to the point where they are contractors or even to the point where they almost pay to sort of buy into a franchise to get work off of the platform. Do you see that a kind of growing trend? Do you, you know, do you think the whole thing will just be home-based and and sort of, allow people to tap into the economy, earn good money, but effectively be a sort of stay-at-home parent? Or do you see that as the future? Um, yeah, so we've had that model here too. There's a company called Live Exchange. And so they are an outsourcer and they have at-home agents that are paid per call. And you can pick your schedule. So if you're a stay-at-home mom or dad, you can totally be flexible. So that's been around for quite a while. I don't see that being uh, the future of the whole industry though, um, because especially with all the regulation that FIs have, um, all the financial world, uh, I, I can't picture that happening because uh, you do need like stronger controls and, and um, you know, with the sheer volume of calls in certain industries, you 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 know it would be a workforce a nightmare if people could all pick their own schedules but yes i do see that happening whether they're no matter what industry they're in is um more flexible scheduling because now you know when everybody was at home the parents would have to adjust to the children's schedule too so now the workplaces have adapted and during this time of rapid change that has been one key trait that really has come out that people need to have is that being adaptable. And the right. people that have, right, the people who have been the most adaptable have actually in the companies and leaders, most adaptable have thrived. Got it, got it. But then, it, you know, it, it's kind of a, it's a wonder where the new norm is, you know, is, is working kind of eight and a half hours a day with a half hour lunch, is that ever going to be the norm again? You know, is it, is it sort of a place of industry to provide a career where if you want, you know, you can work 30 minutes today and then 12 hours tomorrow. Uh, it, it's, it's kind of ultimate flexibility and it would work if it manages to work on scale, but um, it, it must be difficult to kind of click all that together like a Tetris block. Yeah. yeah and so I know, you know, one that's common here for at-home agents where they're independent contractors, they can do that, but I don't see it sustainable for every industry uh, um, that way just because of that same issue. You need consistency 
And then you also know how productivity is after a certain amount of time. Uh, so even if it's an independent contractor, you want to get the maximum so that they're happy and that the customers are happy. So there would, you know, there needs to be some kind of order instead of like 30 minutes one day and 12 hours the next. Yeah. And with, you know, we've seen all of the the kind of the luminaries of the tech world, like Google and Facebook and Twitter, they've all basically said, look, you don't need to come back to work. And they've sort of vacillated on it a little bit, like, you know, they, they were kind of pushing it out and it's sort of undecided now whether they want people to go back and whether they're going to clip salaries and stuff like that. Do you think, where, where do you see this leading to? Do you think it is going to be a hybrid at best? or And can call centre people, for example, work hybrid? Um, or do you have to sort of choose whether you're going to be an office worker or you're going to work from home? So contact centre definitely can be hybrid. Absolutely. Uh, but I know some centers are going full remote because you're not limited to location. So I know some big companies are going into the smaller towns that are quite far away and they're hiring remote workers. Um, whereas before they were limited to their geographic region. So like some companies are going fully remote and their talent pool is just skyrocketed who where they can choose from versus just being stuck for who I have in my region. So yeah, some companies who are very local and they want to keep it that way, then they can be hybrid. Um, I don't know any contact center right now that's a hundred percent on site in -hmm. Canada because of there's a lot of motivation for everyone to go home base because you know, a brilliant thing as a company if you don't have to invest millions of bucks into a it is. fixed asset that can't be moved around. And then it's also fantastic if you can hire from the entire Canada as opposed to, exactly. you know, just the geographic location that you're in. It's, exactly. It's and if you think of, of yeah. it is. And if you think of what real estate costs in a city like Toronto or in a city like Vancouver, like in Canada. So, like any major city in the world, the real estate is so expensive. So just that fact alone that, wow, okay, we can have head operations here, but we could pull people from all over the place. And yeah. and, and and it's great because that increases diversity even more. And re- being re- remote, it really opens up the floor, which is what I really like, opens up doors to... Uh, people who cannot commute for one reason or another, you know, could be for, and there's many reasons why someone cannot commute. So it really opens up things for them as well. And I love that. I love that inclusivity. Sure. So we've been hearing a lot as well about the great resignation and labor shortage and um, sort of salaries going sky high how have you seen that in your industry and have, has that also, you know, been happening in Canada? Yes. Yes. I've seen it at all levels. So from agents right up to very senior roles in companies. Uh, I think one thing COVID has taught people is you, 
Well, at the senior levels, you, you know, I think all that stress that was put on them to get everybody home and then that realization of, you know, what else is out there. Um, there's been resignations there. Uh, people don't really want to, if they're going to be forced to go into the office and if it's mandatory, that's your first signal that people are going to run. I've told so many clients, you, if you mandate it that you have to come in, watch out, your resignations are going to go through the door. At the associate level, at the agent level, uh, yeah, there's been resignations because in Canada, we had a lot of government programs. And some of those programs actually paid more than what you would make as an agent. So... But they, I assume they're stopping now, yeah? Yeah, yeah. But I'm saying then. So that was then. So that was a challenge in many companies that the agents, like, why work? Because you're making more that way. Um, But people have opportunity. So if you don't have a proper onboarding program or a commitment to creating great employee experience, they have the frontline associates have endless places where they can go. So, yeah. Two, go two years ago, though, and I don't know if this is just a supply and demand thing, but two years ago, and when I was a kid, you know, I needed a job, right? And people needed their salary and they couldn't just afford to, you know, walk away from the, from the big box. Like, are they suddenly so much wealthier? Is it because of the stimulus checks? How are people being emboldened to just say, look, I'm now working on my terms, you know? And it's it's kind of like the entire labor force has all suddenly just said it's my way or the highway. And, and you know, in sort of about 200 years of uh, industrialized work, no one has ever really said that. But now en masse, it seems that everyone is saying, look, it's it's on my terms. It's some profound, yeah, huh? it, yeah. It it's true. It's strange because you know I do, I recruit at all levels, and I've seen this at all levels. That if I you know people I have A B C and they want full transparency, and if it's not, I'm good. I'll walk, and there's another job somewhere. So is that, that a sign of an incredibly healthy economy? If there's two two jobs for every one candidate. Is that is that the sign that we're sort of in this economic explosion at the moment, or where's the hard times, or where's the so, sort of equilibrium? So that one, I think about this question. So yes, there's jobs out there, but I also think people have different expectations now. They worked like crazy when they came home. And now what they're willing to do and what they realize they can do has changed. So I think like employee expectations and needs have changed. So I don't think the same person would, you know, if, oh, I have to show up at this time and drive this so far or take this many buses when I was fine for two years or, you know, 20 months doing it this way. So the mindset has changed. It's not do whatever it takes and hustle, 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 because they've realized there is more outside of that paradigm. So it's not that there's just two jobs for every person, um, especially at the senior level, there's not. 
Um, but the mindset has changed. I, I've talked to endless people at the director and above level that say, you know what? I, I don't care about titles anymore. I want to be close to home or work from home. It's, it's really where people are putting their values now and what's important to them. So I think that's what's evolved more. So. Yeah, it's, uh, it's amazing, isn't it? You know, it's happened so, so quick. And it, it seems that it's people, the, employ, the, the employees are just absolutely set on this future for themselves. And it's uh, forcing yeah. the hand of the, the industry now. So fascinating. Yeah, yeah. I, I, that's what, that's my perspective. Um, that's just like from the lens that I'm seeing it at. Uh, let's see how it plays out. But right now, that's what it is. Like I know I've given job offers from companies and then the candidate is like, nah, thought about it. No, I don't want to do that hour commute anymore. Yeah. I'll keep looking. I'll look for something where I can work remote. Or these hybrids, because that thought of going in five days a week, that's not flying. And so GTAC is a you're a you're a think tank. So yeah, what, are, what tank. are some of the what are some of the bigger kind of things that you're thinking about? Like what are you what are you mulling over that you think is really um, an inflection point for the industry or, or going to move the needle for the industry? Where do you see big points of change or interest in the industry? So, so we, yeah, so we'll regularly speak about really, you know, our last event, the theme was the future is now. And we, prior to that, we did even a small little uh, session of 10 people discussing it, how everything, you know, because of COVID, what we planned for five years down the road, boom, came right into existence. Now we had to jump. Uh, so we'll share ideas around technology uh, and, you know, really, you know, AI, of course, is a big topic of discussion. But creating, you know, uh, some people will think technology is more of a role um, and others will say, no, it's still all about the people. And where it can, you know, where it comes together is when we understand, let's use the technology to make the lives of are the people who work for us better. Uh, and so people are, you know, I hear the top tiered companies, they are truly committed to creating those strong employee experiences and they want to keep their people at all levels. So that is huge. That is really big with the tech companies too. They're really committed to, you know, bringing in the best people, creating the great experiences for all the tech you know, so regardless, I think if they're in the industry, they're committed to that. Uh, and so that seems to be the topic everywhere we go. Every time is how does it impact the employee experience? What's the impact to the customer? And how do we make the customer experience better? Where do you see AI coming into it? Like it is, it's a huge conversation piece for the industry generally. And I don't know if other industries talk about it as much as the call center industry, but it seems that everyone is focused on it. And it's kind of like this, this um, kind of monster peering around the corner. But do you see any functional AI sort of highly technical sophistication happening right now that is 
highly effective, you know, that is kind of really on the mark? Or do you just see it as a sort of early entrant that maybe in 10 years' time it's going to have an impact? Oh, no, it's having an impact now just on, like, just basic, you know, just basic tasks. You know, before, an agent would have to do the same repetitive basic tasks. But with AI, you know, and all some some so many of those simpler tasks can be removed and we see it happening so that the more complex tasks can be done by our associate got it so what's that like sort of, of updating the crm it's sort of automatically updated so it saves some exactly. three minutes at the end of a call yeah so you know you have companies like unifor they're quite leading edge um you know genesis has ai uh and I think all of these other companies have an element of it. Noveo out of Brazil has a lot of AI. Um, but yeah, I think every tech company has an element of it because that's the future. And it is being used right now. So I know the financial institutions heavily rely on it. Got it. And in terms of employee satisfaction and welfare and things like that, where do you see this going if you extend the line another 20, 30 years? Is it just sort of always continually sort of moving to a place of the, the employee work-life balance is, you know, more and more accommodating? The work environment is, is sort of always more amenable. Like where do you see this kind of extending along the spectrum? So I think with you know we're already headed in that direction but i think with covid um acknowledgement of mental health became a lot more so i see for right now you know everything does go in cycles but right now i see more talk on that self-care work-life balance and um being open to speaking you know, mindfulness, we're, we're going to be very strong in that area and getting better as time goes on. And hopefully that continues. That's my hope. <laughs> but right now I, I see that as top of mind. Got it, got it. And do you see that as more for the employee benefit so they don't burn out so that their life isn't impacted by their work as much, or do you see it as sort of a net benefit for, for everyone, for the employer and ultimately yeah. the client. Yeah, net benefit for sure. Because, um, yeah, you're taking care of your employees. They're going to be better on uh, contact center agents and they're going to be able to service your customers, lower attrition, higher engagement. It's good. It's good for everybody. You're, you're you know, to tr- recruit and train and have a highly skilled customer service agent or tech support, that takes a lot of time and money. So if you take care of the ones that you have, you're good. And what is attrition like in the industry generally is, and you know, are people looking at this as a career move or is it sort of, you know, I'll take a call center job between jobs or just out of university? How, how do you see the sort of career positioning for the industry generally? So there still is um, a stigma 
that people think, oh, I'm just going to be doing outbound sales of a newspaper or something. Not understanding that this is a huge career platform, right? So depending on the nature of the role, uh, some people do build a career and, I, you know, some might take it as an in-between job, but a lot of people will take it as a stepping stone to enter into a company or start a career out of university or new to the country. Um, and they'll start their job. But, you know, when you say call center or contact center, it's so broad. It could be the most junior role, you know, that I used to do market research when I was in school. Or it could be a very complex role, like you're an insurance agent. You have to know laws. You have to know um, all their rights. And so it's very complex, but they're both considered contact center. So, you know, one might be very entry and one requires considerable studies and a license and understanding and, and two different pay scales as well. So it's very broad. You know, if you're answering a phone in a 911 center, uh, you are a contact center. Phones mm -hmm. are coming in on a queue. Very complex, very stressful. But so is market research. Market So just different, it's all contact centers. So some will build a career out of it, depending on where they're starting. Yeah, if I was starting a career, like, and if I wanted a, if I don't know if this is the right approach, but if I wanted a cushy job, I would go for a call center. Now, I could never work in a, in a cold calling environment. I just, I, that would not be for me. But customer service, you know, inbound, um, assisting, even sort of technical stuff and, and detailed stuff, like you said, like with the laws and stuff like that, it, it's yeah. mentally stimulating. It's a good environment. Uh, I, It's quite attractive, but it, it is, you know, very valid what you say, isn't it? It's so disparate. It's so diverse in terms of the content and what people are talking about. Yeah, exactly. Like there are certain roles where you can just walk in and it's butts in the seats mentality and certain centers. But then there's other, other BPOs that are so highly skilled. Uh, and I know a couple right here in Toronto and they can service those high touch calls where empathy is required, problem solving, troubleshooting. And so those are more skilled roles. So, yeah, you can definitely build a career. I've only worked in contact center. I wouldn't know the first thing of going into retail or somewhere else. Like, I love it. Yeah. And I've had every kind of role within the industry. And what proportion of the industry in Canada now would you say is still voice, which is obviously making phone calls on the phones, talking to people inbound, outbound, versus non-voice, you know, whether it's omni-channel chat or whether it's just doing any kind of administrative work or process work. Uh, do you know, do you have any sense of the proportions? I, I actually don't have a hard stat, but I know this just from discussions with people when chat was coming in. So, yeah, chat's popular, but voice is never going to go. So... Um, percentage sorry i don't actually have no, that and i don't no. want to say something false but yeah chat's there and some companies will have a whole chat queue which is great right and then they'll have their phone queue so digital companies so it could be a, a digital insurance company or a bank then of course they're going to have way more chat 
than phone um, because that's who they're marketing to. So I also think of the think of the nature of the company and who their customers are. So certain yeah. customers, right? Because millennials, customers. Like, I don't, even me, I don't want to talk to anyone. You know, if I can text, if I can just get attention when I need it, but if I picking up the phone, it seems so old school now. Yeah, I can't imagine many 20, <laughs> 20 year olds like even dialing a number now. Right? Yeah, so the, their it's first choice would, for, yeah, their first choice would be to first try figure it out on your own. If you can't do that, then you go to chat. And if that's not happening, oh, okay, I'm going to pick up the phone and be in queue and get a call back and all that. Yeah, yeah. And for the industry then, I suppose, you know, rounding off and your view on the future as a think tank, do you, how do you see the industry? What's the trend? Is it positive? Do you think all the jobs are going to get wiped out by AI? Do you think they're all going to go overseas? Actually, I'll ask you about that first. Um, what is the competitive tension between Canada, you know, onshore or, or call centers versus these emerging markets like the Philippines, like India, like uh, nearshoring, you know, they're popping up everywhere. What is yeah. that competitive tension like? So, yeah, it's there. Like, I know Jamaica is a hot spot. Yeah. Right. And Fiji they're amazing. Well. Oh, yeah. They're amazing. Amazing. Uh, I think. In Canada, we have to be really careful of not over-legislating things. And we have to make, make sure that we stay as competitive. So I know companies that have a presence here, like BPOs, they also have a presence in, say, Colombia or Jamaica, um, maybe certain part in India or Philippines. But I know Jamaica is super popular you know um so there is that competition um but i think you know you companies still want to keep things on shore uh, to to ensure that customer experience especially if it's uh, a canadian company or a u.s company they want to just be able to pop on over and see what's happening yeah yeah and so your industry has been growing like, because, I mean, you know, it's a popular trope and, and so many people are worried about globalisation in that it's taking our jobs. And if you are in a Canadian call centre, then you would think that your industry would be most under threat, but you are seeing good growth in your industry. You're seeing good prospects. Like, you don't, you know, it's obviously a threat. Like, of course, there's competition everywhere, but, yeah. you know, you still see a place for you in in the market and you're growing as well. Yes, definitely. So yes, there's competition because there's so many other great countries that offer great service, wonderful people. Uh, but it also, I think there's room for everyone. That's what I think. There's room for everyone. I don't see Canada, um, you know, our industry going away. I only see it growing because of all that we offer. Like you mentioned, certain countries, they only have their native language and English. But we'll have English and several languages. And we have the technology. We have great infrastructure, which is what you really need. We, you know, we have very, um, you know, our climate, uh, you know, gr gratefully is 
solid, you know, like our, our uh, weather, um, our internet, all those things that impact. And also thinking about agents at home, our agents have the technology at home. So it's not, you know, like, oh, do they have the internet? Oh, do they have a phone? Oh, we're, our people are equipped. So that's what really helps us in Canada. We have the whole infrastructure. We have the people. We have the process. We definitely have great technology. So uh, we have the whole the whole package. And that's what really is powerful for us. And the future, Sangeeta, do you see a strong future? Do you see a big threat from AI automation? Is it going to be robots answering the phone in a few years? I, I can't tell you in a few years, but I think our industry is going to be just fine. You know, the people that will be contact center agents will just handle different roles, different, more complex calls. I think the complexity of what they will do will increase. And AI will remove those basic uh, repetitive tasks. So I'm not so worried right now, but it's hard to predict the future. <laughs> yeah. I even talked to some some tech experts. They're like, you know, how do you, it's so hard to predict. You can just get ready for it though. Yeah, yeah. I mean, people have been saying for about 70 years that AI is just around the corner. And maybe it is yeah. just around this corner, but it's, it, it's uh, yeah, at this stage, it's only augmenting functions at this stage, isn't it? And as you say, like the humans in the loop are then just climbing up the value chain and they're doing more and they're doing more complexity. So it's, yes. it's just continually evolved. Exactly what you just said. Yeah, exactly. That's 100% what you just said. Well, Sangeeta, that was uh, great. It's great to connect with a uh, Canadian and learn about your industry. So thank you so much for the insight. Sankita, actually, we haven't actually mentioned this, but you also run a uh, recruitment and uh, firm. Maybe you can just quickly say that. And also, uh, if anyone wants to get in touch with you and learn about GTAC, how can they also do that? Oh, oh, thank you. Oh, sure. So, yeah, GTAC, you just go on gtac.ca and you can learn about us. You can, uh, membership is free. You just click to join right now. And, um, you know, there's webinars posted. You can attend from anywhere in the world. And then, yeah, thank you for mentioning my own practice, which is sbglobal.ca. And I rec uh, recruit. I help with recruitment, retention, and development of top-tiered contact center um, people. So it could be agents. It could be le uh, team leaders, directors. And I use models of human behavioral training, emotional intelligence, adaptability, all of that to, you know, solve that people puzzle. That's what it's all about, right? <laughs> and help build those emotionally intelligent teams. So, yeah, that's basically what I do. Um, but love anything with the people process. And, uh, yeah, anyone's welcome to check us out, myself at sbglobal.ca and gtech at gtech.ca. Great. Thanks so much. And you're so right, isn't it? It's a, it's a people game, isn't it? It's fundamentally about people. It all centers around people. It does. Absolutely. Sangeeta, thank you so much. Thank you, Derek. Really nice chatting with you. Thank you so much. That was Sangeeta Batnagar. If you want to get in touch with Sangeeta at all, uh, the links are in the show notes, both for GTAC and also for SB Global. 
You can find all of the show notes at outsourceaccelerator.com slash podcast. And as always, if you want to ask us anything, then just drop us an email to ask at outsourceaccelerator.com. See you next time.